Thank you for downloading this sermon. We hope you've been blessed by this ministry. If you'd like to give back, please invest in the future of Clearnote Church through our capital campaign, Faithful Through All Generations. To make a donation, visit clearnotebloomington.com give. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you this evening that you are kind and merciful to us and that we may approach you because of Jesus Christ and because you have made reconciliation between us and you because you have given him, given his life to save us from our sin. And Father, help us to rejoice in this tonight and to look in faith to you, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Our scripture tonight is from Isaiah 9. I'm going to read just verses 1 and 2. But there will be no more gloom for her who was in anguish. In earlier times, he, that is God, treated the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali with contempt. But later... Later on he shall make it glorious by the way of the sea on the other side of Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. What was the darkness? What was the darkness? We talk about darkness, especially with this verse. What was the darkness? Well, it wasn't that Zebulun and Naphtali didn't have sunlight. It wasn't that that area didn't get light. The darkness that they had was a darkness that they were immersed in that was spiritual. They were hopelessly lost. They had sinned so much and so often that God had been opposed to them. And this is how verse 1 starts out. He treated them with contempt because of their wickedness. But he was making a promise to them. He was promising them that they would one day see a great light, and a light would shine on them. It wasn't just the Jews, because that was the tribe, those two tribes. It wasn't just them, but it also included the fact that that region was filled with Gentiles. And there was huge interaction with the Gentiles in that region, Galilee. And so he was saying not only will those Jews see a great light, but also the Gentiles will see a great light. And so Matthew's gospel shows the fulfillment of this prophecy in Jesus Christ. It says that when he had heard that John was taken into custody, he withdrew into Galilee. And leaving Nazareth he, Nazareth, he settled in Capernaum, which is by the sea, in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. This was to fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who were sitting in darkness saw a great light, and those who were sitting in the land and shadow of death, upon them a light dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent, 
for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He began to preach to them, and the light began to show and shine. Now, I don't know about you, but I admit it, I'm afraid of the dark. Anybody here afraid of the dark? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, I am. And I don't mean that I have a nightlight, okay? But I do mean that if I go outside, I usually at night take a flashlight with me because there are skunks out there, right? And I don't want to step off my porch and onto some little skunk. That wouldn't be nice. One type of darkness that we know is darkness that is out there. That type of darkness is a darkness that we're afraid of sometimes, but it's the type of darkness that our first parents, Adam and Eve, before the fall, had no fear of. There was night and day before the fall, but they didn't have fear of the darkness then. There was nothing for them to fear. But then the fall came, and with it came the curse. And with the curse came darkness. But it was another type of darkness. It was a darkness within. A darkness not associated with photons or the sun, the moon, or the stars. A darkness of condition, a darkness of status an internal darkness. Now, some of you have Facebook, way too many probably then should. And so you have your Facebook, and don't they have something on Facebook called your status? You can post your status. This is so last century, Pastor Max. Right? Okay, is there a status on Twitter? Oh, that's last decade. We have status and we post our status. Well, when we talk about the darkness that the people lived in, we're talking about their status internally. If you could post your status, you would, you would, you would say, I'm presently standing in, sitting in, abiding in darkness. And people would say, what's that mean? Are you in a closet? What are you doing? No, no, it's internal. There's darkness inside of me. It's a deep deep darkness. Isaiah 29 says, Woe to those who deeply hide their plans from the Lord and whose deeds are done in a dark place. And they say, Who sees us? Or who knows us? This is a status. This is a place of darkness. This was what was true of that place, Galilee of the Gentiles. It's also true of all of our hearts, all of man, from the time of the, of the fall of Adam, that has been true of all of us. We have been in darkness. We have been in a place of great darkness. And so, who's going to help us in this deep, dark place? Well, the solutions that we normally come up with are that we can get rid of the darkness using darkness. I don't know if you have watched this, but that's really the way the world works with the social remedies that it presents. We can fix the darkness by taking darkness. 
and we can push the darkness out using the darkness. Um, some years ago, following the uh, Black Lives Matter movement, a term started to come into vogue that was called being woke. Now, how many of you have heard the term being woke? Come on, raise your hands. Okay, a lot of you haven't heard this term. Well, subsequent to it coming out of that movement, it had a very specific application in that movement. Subsequent to it coming out of that movement, it has been adopted by several organizations and several causes to the point that one major news source, MTV News, okay, one major news source identified it as the, the key teen slang word for 2016. The key word for teenagers in 2016 was the word woke. And all it represented was that they had come awake to some social realization. But what it usually meant was that they had uh, uh, come to a point of enlightenment that had no light in it. They had found some other place of darkness to try to, dar to try to drive out the darkness that they already had. And so they would assert that this darkness they were clinging to in their state of being woke was in fact light. And then they ended up accusing the morality of God itself as being dark. And you see this often with people today. They'll just say that God's word and what it says, it's dark, but we're light. We have, we have achieved, achieved something. Isaiah 5 says, 5 verse 20 says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness. Because what they end up with is a deeper darkness, a darker darkness. And 2 Corinthians 11 says, No wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Therefore, it's not surprising if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness, whose end will be according to their deeds. So, it's not a surprise. We say we have light, but what we're really talking about often is darkness, and it makes us darker than we were in darker in a darker place than we were before. Martin Luther King said that darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. But somebody else said that before him. And that was Jesus Christ. And Jesus was accused of driving out demons with darkness. Do you remember? And the people that accused him of it were the religious hoity-toity big guys. They didn't like him. They didn't like his, his power. They didn't like his godliness, his goodness. They didn't like it that the people knew that he was giving them the truth and that they had nothing to compare to it. And so all they could do was say, you must be driving out demons with demons. And Jesus responds to them and he says, well, if that's the case, what do your sons drive them out with? And then he said, no. I drive out demons by the finger of God. By the finger of God, I drive them out.
the Word became flesh, as we read in our Scripture lesson, and it dwelt among us. And He was born in Bethlehem. This was the inaugural shining of the light as Jesus came into the world. Consider for a moment Jesus, who the Word of God says spoke the, the creation into existence. He spoke the Word, and creation was here. Jesus Christ. And you have Him coming to earth and humbling Himself to be born. We were teaching the children's membership class last week, and we talked to them about Jesus born of the Virgin. And we said, I looked at the kids and I said, did you know, you know you were in your mom's tummy, right? And there was a bump. I knew all of you kids when, when you were in your mom's tummy because I saw all of your moms when it just so happened. All what, 15 of them, Annie? 15 kids, and I had, I had seen all of their mothers when they had their ch- children, those children in their, in their wombs. And I saw the bump. Jesus Christ formed a bump in his mother's womb. He was humbled to that point. And when Jesus came out of the womb, the word that spoke into existence everything that is, the word of God, when, when he came out of the womb, what a, uh, what a humility. Did he come right out and start talking? No. No, he had to be a child, an infant. He had to learn to talk. The incarnate word of God humbled himself to the point that he allowed himself to have to go through the process of learning to talk. The very one who had said, become, and all of the universe happened. He he submitted himself to that humility. He couldn't speak. But his heavenly father saw to the appropriate angelic fanfare. If Jesus couldn't speak, God was going to make sure everyone knew. And so he sent the angels, and he sent the shepherds, and he sent the wise men, and they heard about his son who is to be born in exactly the way that he knew was important for them to hear. His birth, his baptism, his transfiguration, his resurrection, his ascension— all punctuated with either the immediate benediction of his father, this is my son, this is my son, listen to him, I'm pleased with him, either punctuated by the immediate benediction of the father or punctuated by an angelic announcement or an angelic presence. Even Mary at the tomb, she goes to the tomb and the angel is there. He's not here. He's not here. He's risen. There's one place yet that is to be punctuated with the angelic announcement, and that is his return. There's one place of vast importance that was not punctuated in that way. 
and that was his death. Again, the humiliation, the humility. Jesus comes into the world, a light shining into the darkness, and he has to come. He's the only one who can save us, and the only way he can save us is not only to be born in a manger and not to be able to speak, but to grow and live in this world and to declare the truth and to suffer rejection over and over again until one day he's on a cross and because of our sins, as he hangs on the cross, no benediction from his father, no angelic praises, wrath, wrath because of our sin. And so he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because of our sin. This is why he came into the world. He came to die for our sins and then to be raised again in power. And as he's raised again in power, he becomes the Lord that he was before his incarnation. Jesus is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. Do you have the faith to say that? If you do, would you say it with me? Jesus Christ is Lord. He is. He is. He is the Lord. And, and the scripture says in 2 Corinthians that to those who are perishing, the reality of his lordship is veiled. But to those to whom God has given light, they see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God because God shines a light into their hearts. The same God, it says in verse 6, let light shine out of darkness, is the one who shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. And so that internal darkness, God has not only brought it on earth in Jesus Christ, but he's actually made it possible for it to pierce even into the darkness of our hearts, that light, so that we can become reconciled to God. We were formerly darkness, but now we are light in the Lord. And as children of light, we are called to bear fruit of light and no longer to live in the darkness. It's our temptation to sin, to go back, to call darkness light. It's our temptation to do that in all kinds of ways. But God says, no, no, when you sin, confess your sin, own up to your sin. I am faithful, I am merciful, I will forgive you of your sin. But don't say that darkness is light. Don't ever say darkness is light. Because nothing is more offensive to God than that we say darkness is light. And so we have God who called creation into existence, and then who of necessity cursed man because of sin, and then provided a way for that curse to be lifted by giving light into this world and, and to deliver us from the darkness and the curse. We have him sending his son to deliver us. 
We have his son coming as a little baby. This is all what this is about. We have lights. We're going to sing. We have candles. We're going to light candles. But it's not because, oh, wow, it's just fun that we can light candles and have hot wax drip on us, right? It's because we're remembering that the light shone in the darkness, that Jesus Christ was born, that he suffered and died and was raised from the dead, that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we confess him as Lord. And we also look forward to the day when God says we will be with him in heaven. In Revelation 22, it says, there will no longer be any curse. And the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his bondservants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. And there will no longer be any night, and they will have no need of light or of a lamp, nor of the light of the sun, because the Lord God will illumine them, and they will reign forever and ever. There's a day coming when not only are we going to have the the constant and immediate reality of internal light present with the Lord. But his presence will actually replace all the photons of the sun. You understand? He himself will light the city that we live in. His presence will bring light to the city. And so the people who walked in darkness will see a great light. I hope tonight that you have seen this light. But if you have not, I encourage you to look to God and to look in faith to Jesus Christ to be delivered from the darkness that you're in. And if you don't understand it and you want to talk to somebody about it, I'll be glad to talk with you. Any of our pastors or elders will be glad to talk with you. Feel free to do that. But Jesus Christ is Lord. He has come. He has been born, and he has suffered for our sins, and he has delivered us to God in righteousness and holiness. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you that you are kind and merciful, and that while we deserved you to crush us, you chose rather to crush Jesus Christ, and that in order for that to happen, you caused him to go through unimaginable humiliation for our sake, even to the point of being born into this world and even to the point of dying on the cross. Lord, please give us faith. Help us to see his lordship. Allow us to humble ourselves internally and, and to have your light shine in our hearts. Lord, do save us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.